really what a lot of the dancers are doing right now, it's not just touring across Canada and putting on a pretty show. What they're doing is really reminding the world, hey, we have this wonderful culture. We have always had this culture. We have always been our own people with our own identity and our own language. So they are going to broadcast it across Canada as cultural ambassadors, show everyone, remind them that they still exist. Our moms have a mutual cousin, Carol. Our babas have a mutual friend, Pearl. And we have a mutual love, Ukrainian dance and culture. I'm Hannah. I'm Caitlin. And this is FSI, the Ukrainian dance and culture podcast. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Hannah. We are in a new year, a new season of C. Not really. We don't have seasons here. We just keep it on rolling. And what are we talking about today? We are talking about the National Ballet of Ukraine, uh, the group that is touring through Canada right now. They're um, based in Kiev at the Tarashevchenko National Opera House. And if you're in Canada, they're probably coming to a city near you. And we had the chance to see them in Winnipeg. We also saw them in Ukraine, but this time when we saw them, it was a little bit different because they're touring across Canada to raise money for aid in Ukraine, like humanitarian aid and really just whatever is needed most at the moment. In Ukraine, before the full-scale invasion started, they had about 16 productions per month. Um, But since the invasion, that, of course, has gone down and it, it can really vary depending on on what is going on in Ukraine at the time. So in a normal world, if when we saw them in Ukraine, the National Ballet has 150 dancers, but on this tour, there are only 23 of them. The show is comprised of some principal dancers and also some of the core. We talked with David Mefe from the Humanite Peace Collective. Uh, we'll talk a bit more, ab- or he will actually tell you more about the organization. That's one of the places this tour is raising money for. But he was telling us how not only are there in Ukraine, the, the there's not as many performances, but not as many people can attend because, say, the, the theater in Kiev has about uh, or 1,300 capacity, and only about 400 people can go to each show now because it has to those people have to be able to fit into the bomb shelter below um so so this tour is really it's a way for them to also make money for these dancers themselves who their their livelihood has been cut so much raise money for Ukraine as a whole and to really get the chance to share the Ukrainian arts. Uh, Caitlin mentioned that the ballet sometimes has 16 shows going on a month and the format their show has taken for this Canadian tour is they're doing excerpts of different ballets um, with obviously a very small cast so there's two, three, sometimes six dancers in a part, and then they finish that part, and then it's kind of another theme for the next piece, which made it really interesting to watch and kind of gave you a taste of um, so many different styles and different music. It was very lovely. What were some of your favorites? My favorite piece in Act 1 was Melody in A Minor. I really, well, immediately I loved it because I love the piece of music, 
and it's tied to a lot of um, emotional times for Ukraine. Um, so immediately, yeah, it got went straight to my soul, went straight to my heart. Uh, but the dancing was beautiful too. Um, there are parts where the male dancer lifts the female and she looks like she's floating across the stage. And it was just amazing. Um, yeah, that was one of my favorites from Act 1. Did you have a favorite? Yes, that one was so beautiful. Um, one of my favorites was the, the Night Before Christmas. It's, I love anything weird and wonderful and maybe a little dark. Like, it's just the, and like quirky. And that's exactly what this is. This is based on the story by Mikola um, Hohol. And yeah, the story, it's like the devil steals the moon and is in love with one of the women and their girls in this and same with this other person's in love with the, this girl. And I don't know. It was like, and so on stage, like the, the moves were so not, not what you might think of when you think of ballet. And I just loved it. And the, the costumes, like it was like really comical as well. Like, yeah, like just so weird. And I loved it. So that was a highlight for me. Yeah. And if you are going to the ballet and you want to prepare yourself, um, if you watch any, there's like clips on YouTube about the night before Christmas and basically every single opera and ballet in Ukraine, any performing group does some version of this during Christmas season or maybe not even during Christmas season. So you can find a lot of content on it. Um, but I chatted with some other people who saw the show and they were so confused. Like they had no idea what was happening. And then I explained like, oh, this is actually a very common <laughs> performance that they do in Ukraine and the story is common. Uh, yeah, so it, it was very quirky, and the I think the movements reflected it as well. It was uh, some comedic relief. And then also in the show, um, it was the the closing number of the first half um, was it's called Prayer for the Fallen, and it was a really emotional piece with scenes from the from the war going on in the background. Um, it's just it was it's it was really a heartfelt and and um really emotional and i i really um give it the highest praise to these dancers to be able to perform that um and to have i just can't even imagine like how they are feeling how the like they prepare for that um that was really emotional and also in so there were connections in um, the the war and how we need to continue to support Ukraine really came up a lot throughout this show. Um, there was a few recorded messages from the First Lady of Ukraine because this tour is also, it's a fundraising campaign for the Olena Zelenska Foundation um, that's providing some of this, this aid in Ukraine. Um, and this, uh, or the Elena Zelenska Foundation and Humanite um, Peace Collective have partnered to put on this show to raise money for Ukraine. And we talked to David, who was the head of development for for Humanite. And to be honest, like going into the interview, we knew a little bit about him, and um, I didn't expect him to know so much about the show. Like he is so involved with so much of the production. It really shows of how much intention and thought and 
and heart is going into this show of just of what a success it is. The energy also felt like um, perseverance and commitment to helping Ukraine. Like everyone is still in it. Yeah, and then and then the tour is called Nadia, which means hope. And there definitely was a feeling of hope there. Actually, an overwhelming feeling of hope, I would say. This Canadian tour started in Quebec City in January, and it's going to end in Calgary in mid-February. And yeah, so I really hope that you get a chance to check this show out. It's kind of a way of celebrating arts from Ukraine that we haven't seen as often maybe um like the ballet coming here like yeah i just love that they're they're sharing their culture and all parts of their culture Uh, while we were watching the show we were it was actually quite a full theater and there was a couple ladies behind us that kept saying wow like everything the ballet did their reaction was always like wow that was amazing and it was so endearing and sweet to hear that like maybe they don't watch ballet and we've we see a lot of dancing so um I guess our reactions aren't that all the time and it was wow it was amazing but like as they were saying wow and as they're saying this is amazing I was thinking almost not about their dancing but about these people as humans and what they've been through and um who they're connected to and their experiences with the war and just how their movement and what they're doing right now is so passionate and so hopeful and they are these people are wow and they are amazing not just because of their dancing and not just because what they're doing on stage but everything that's going on behind their life that we don't we aren't seeing every day we aren't seeing on stage I should say and another time that that feeling again was just so profound was during the anthem that's how it is every single time I hear the anthem I sing the anthem in that group setting like that like the anthem of Ukraine yes you could see also um some people who were who are not Ukrainian almost and I mean this is just me speculating but it looked like uh like they were like kind of looking around all like in so much awe of people singing this national anthem of ukraine all together and it was like this beautiful two balcony theater old old theater in winnipeg and just like oh it was just yeah just like that whole you felt that spirit of of ukraine there for sure okay so let's get to our chat with david maffey so i am speaking to you right now from winnipeg manitoba Uh, This is the fifth stop on the tour that began in Quebec City, went to Montreal, uh, then to Ottawa, Toronto, and then we're off next to Regina in a couple of days. Tonight is the show in Winnipeg. Um, So you guys are basically working your way west across Canada. And are you sticking to Canada for this whole tour or are you guys um, heading into the States at all? So there will be likely an American tour later on in the year. Uh, but for the sake of everyone's, um, you know, respective sanity and making sure that all the dancers are healthy and happy, uh, it's good for us to take a little break in between uh, the tours. And so you're the head of development for Human Night. Uh, can you tell us a bit about the organization and the connection of the organization to this, uh, the ballet tour? Sure. So Humanite's a relatively small uh, organization, uh, but it's founded predominantly by survivors of war and refugees. And so what we do is work only in uh, conflict-affected countries around the world. So we work in 
Lebanon, uh, Iraq, Iran, Israel, Gaza, Afghanistan. And what we really try to do is help people who are struggling in the midst of conflict. And so this is everything from making sure that people in a conflict have access to food, water, shelter, things that they really need in the moment, uh, to more long-term projects once a conflict is over. Even when a war ends, it doesn't really mean the end of the war. You always look at you know, 10, 20 years to rebuild cities, rebuild communities, get people back on their feet. So we try to take an A to Z approach to conflict where you keep people alive and then give them the means to rebuild their lives after the conflict is over. And then so how um, how did you get involved with this uh, ballet tour? So we were approached by the organizers uh, when they first started working uh, and they were looking for an organization that um, had a background, obviously, in working in conflicts, uh, understood what was needed to get to the people of Ukraine, and wanted someone that could partner on this tour, not only as uh, obviously a, a beneficiary member, but to actually help plan and pull this off uh, collectively. So the two beneficiaries for the tour are Humanite Peace Collective and the Olena Zelenska Foundation, which was founded by the First Lady of Ukraine uh, about two years ago. Yeah, so how did that partnership with uh, Olena, the First Lady of Ukraine, how did that all come to be? So this tour is kind of an interesting story because it all started around two years ago, uh, really when the full invasion of Ukraine ramped up. Obviously, people say that the war started in 2022, but really it started a long time before that with the annexation of Crimea, and obviously loads of backstory behind that. Uh, but the, store tar- the, the, the kind of store itself started as the brainchild of a man named Mark McMurrin, whose father uh, was the conductor of the Kiev Symphony Orchestra throughout the 90s. So when the war really ramped up, he had spent a lot of time in Ukraine and was wondering, how do I help my friends? How do I help the artistic community that I'm so close with? And he had this brilliant idea. Why don't we get the National Ballet of Ukraine to come to Orlando, Florida, and they're going to put on one show. It's going to be a huge fundraiser. Everyone's going to feel great. And then, you know, we'll go home. That night was uh, such a success. It raised almost a million dollars U.S. in a single evening. And so as any good thing happens, no good deed goes unpunished. And all of a sudden, this started to become a much larger tour in minds thinking that if this was something that was successful in Orlando, this needed to be something that could be shared with communities across North America, not just Ukrainian communities, uh, but Canadian communities, American communities, really any lovers of the arts and humanitarian assistance to Ukraine. Uh, And so when we started planning this, obviously the first lady of Ukraine, Elena Zelenska, she has a background in uh, television production, which is where she met her husband, the president. Obviously he was an actor on a famous TV show in Ukraine, and she loved the idea. She wanted to be part of it. And so all the pieces just kind of fell together very, very, uh, very well, despite uh, everything going on in Ukraine right now. And so where is the money that is fundraised for the tour? Where is it specifically going? So conflict situations are really difficult. We can raise money for something right now. And then in two months, another area of the war might come out that's you know, needs that needs more attention. So it's very difficult for us, for me to tell you right now as the tour is going on exactly where in Ukraine the money will go to. Uh, but the Elena Zelenska Foundation is really good at putting together these big projects. So rebuilding schools, rebuilding hospitals, they've got kind of this very national uh, vision in mind. Obviously, because it is the First Ladies Foundation, they work a lot with... Um, they work a lot with kids, they work a lot with schools, they make sure that kind of people have a life to go back to especially after the war long-term. Humanite's a little bit different. We uh, are kind of focused at the ground level. 
our specialty is going into conflict areas and finding that person that's already doing what needs to be done. So in all of the conflicts that we've worked in the past, no matter where you go, where people need food, there is someone serving people food, right? Anywhere that there is a need for shelter, there is someone in those areas, but usually local who is already doing the work. So we find that a lot of larger organizations tend to um, go into conflict areas and start dictating what people need rather than just being quiet for a moment and listening to what people are already doing and rather supporting the people that are doing that. So humanized specialty is really going into conflict zones, finding people that are doing the work and making sure that they have the support and resources they need to continue that work. There is a need for shelter. There is someone in those areas, but usually local, who is already doing the work. And so have you started to make some of those connections already with people there? Yeah, absolutely. On a very small scale, we've started that. Uh, but this will obviously take a few trips to Ukraine uh, for myself and other members of Humanites over the next years to really get to the front lines, figure out how do we best help the communities that are there. And obviously, the goals of everything that we're doing is to keep people alive, keep them thriving and make sure that people have homes to go back to at the end of all of this. Um, have you been to Ukraine already or is that still an upcoming thing that you're planning on doing? That's an upcoming trip for me. So I previously worked in a lot of conflict zones in East Africa. I was based out there for about six years, um, but unfortunately have not had the chance to go to Ukraine yet. So it'll be it'll be something very different for me. Um, even though you haven't been to the country, you've obviously interacted with lots of the people from the country. And um, what are your impressions from Ukrainian people? There are particular warmness with Ukrainian people that I find I haven't found um, and other people that I've met, I've traveled loads. And obviously everyone from different countries has a particular culture, a particular set of mannerisms, right? There, there are national stereotypes uh, that people do kind of embody, but I really have found that Ukrainians are just some of the most wonderfully hospitable, warm, uh, funny people that you meet. So it's, it's amazing to see that you, despite everything that's going on in their home country, people still have this spirit of intense resilience, um, this great, uh, I don't want to say sense of humor, but these great kind of very resilient and happy mannerisms. Now, if you look into the history of Ukraine, it has not been a part of the world that has had a lot of good luck historically. There's been, they've been invaded lots of times by most of their neighbors. It has this long history of kind of being trampled on, but you see in through people and through their kind of culture that they're obviously very good at rebuilding and kind of maintaining this culture despite all the pressure around them. What is uh, your cultural background? I'm Italian and I'm from Montreal. You, you're backstage, I mean, right now. So have you had the chance to talk with some of the dancers and have you talked with them about uh, their story and what their life in Ukraine is has been like? Well, I have had the great privilege of being on the bus with them since Quebec City. I picked them up from the airport in Montreal uh, at the customs at the at the customs agency. So I was the first person they saw off the plane and I've been with them ever since basically. And they're all really sweet and wonderful. I think you expect you know, ballet dancers and fine artists to be a little snooty sometimes, but they're all, they're all really kind and sweet and welcoming. Um, and in speaking with them, they've all been affected by the war in different ways. So some of them obviously have brothers, sisters, cousins, parents who are on the front lines or in the army. Uh, a lot of them were trained as combat medics when the war first started as well. 
a lot of them have kids that they left behind in Ukraine to go on this tour. So these are all dancers that currently live in Ukraine, uh, spend the majority of their time there. So they're all very much affected by the conflict. Some of them are even from some of the cities on the Eastern Front uh, in Donetsk and Mariupol, where you know you, you, you hear these names in the news and it's never anything good. And some of them, you know, tell me about growing up in these places, what it was like years ago when, it, when these were vibrant cities full of life and culture and kind of seeing what they've become. You can tell that there's, there's a degree of sadness with some of the dancers having seen their country go from something that was, you know, kind of on the, tr on the track towards being um, a more independent, more, um, more open democratic economy to now, um, unfortunately, being in situations where you have entire communities and towns that have been laid waste to. I'll give you an example. Um, for instance, we were on the bus the other night, and I think we were going from uh, Quebec City to Montreal. And it was late in the evening. Everyone's kind of tired, so people are napping on the bus. And all of a sudden, um, everyone's phones start going off. And there's just sirens everywhere. So everyone grabs their phone, starts looking, starts talking to each other. And they all have an app on their phone that rings whenever there's an air raid siren in Kyiv. And it tells you, um, you know, where it needs shelter. So they keep an eye on their friends and family, even when they're here. So you can tell that um, they're physically here. Obviously, they're on stage. Everyone in Winnipeg will see them tonight. Uh, but their hearts and their minds are very much still in Ukraine. Mm hmm. Uh, what do you think it means for them to be on this tour right now while um, obviously their hearts are in Ukraine and the war is still ongoing? Um, but what does it mean for them to be on this tour and sharing this with Canada at the moment? A key feature of the war that we've seen in Ukraine is really the Russian invaders trying to destroy Ukrainian identity and history. So it's not just a war about territory. You really see the destruction of heritage sites, museums, concert halls, a lot like the one that I'm currently in right now. So you see really an attempt to not only conquer territory, but erase people uh, and kind of force them out of their homeland. So really what a lot of the dancers are doing right now, it's not just touring across Canada and putting on a pretty show. What they're doing is really reminding the world, hey, we have this wonderful culture. We have always had this culture. We have always been our own people with our own identity and our own language. So they're going to broadcast it across Canada as cultural ambassadors, show everyone, remind them that they still exist. And I think to them as well, a lot of this is important to keep Ukraine front of mind. There's been a lot in the news the last year, and a lot of people I think have forgotten about the war in Ukraine. Now, that hasn't stopped the intensity of the violence that we've seen there, but it has kind of, um, it has taken people's eyes and ears off the conflict. So really, this is a reminder that this war is still going on. It's still affecting people. But despite that, you have these dancers so bravely and resiliently trying to maintain the culture and also raising money for a really great cause. In each of these Canadian cities that the tour is coming to, uh, Ukrainian dance ensembles or groups have been invited to perform on the stage as well. Where did this idea come from? So when we started planning this tour, all these months ago, we didn't just want this to be, oh, look, the circus has come to town. Everyone come and watch, and then we move on to the next city. There is such a vibrant and longstanding Ukrainian community in Canada. Ukrainians have come to Canada for centuries in times of war, in times of famine, and they've always been really warmly greeted by their neighbors, and they've become kind of this one of these foundational cultures throughout Canada. So when we started planning the tour, we didn't want to just 
put on a stage performance and then go. We really wanted to celebrate the connection between Ukraine and the Ukrainian communities across Canada. So in every city, we have a local choir or soloist singing the national anthems, uh, both Canadian and Ukrainian. We have uh, local dance troops who are not only on stage with the National Ballet of Ukraine, they actually get there a little bit early, they rehearse together and they put on um, a unique number and they mix uh, local styles of dance with with styles of dance from Ukraine, and they kind of blend it together. So really, every show in every city is a little bit different. Um, you were just you talked a little bit before about how great the reception was um, of the very first show that the ballet did in the states in Orlando. I believe you said. Uh, how has the reception been in Canada towards the ballet? It's been really wonderful and kind. Um, so when these dancers got off the plane in Montreal, this was a night that there was a huge snowstorm. So they got in really late. They were really tired because you can't actually take a direct flight from Kiev to Canada. And you actually can't take a flight from the airports in Ukraine because of the constant Russian bombings. And so these dancers had to take a 14-hour bus ride from Kiev to Warsaw and a flight from Warsaw to um to Germany and then from Germany to Montreal. So they arrived three hours late. They were, it took them about two days to make the journey. Uh, their luggage was lost and they were, you know, just a little bit tired and a little not feeling so great. And when they walked through the local Ukrainian community, met them there uh, with a full choir. People were in traditional clothing. They had bread and salt. And as soon as they um, they went through the doors, people started singing. And it was just, it kind of changed the mood completely. So not only did they feel really welcomed and really home. So we've gotten similar receptions in just every city we've been to where people are so happy to see them, so happy that they're here. And I think that really shows in the kind of uh, presentations and performances they put on where they really feel that welcome sense of happiness and energy that the crowd is giving them and they feed off it. And it's been um, this really reciprocal uh, stage performance the whole way through. So was all of their luggage found? Do they all have their costumes for their tour? We almost had to cancel that first show and the luggage got there four hours before the first show. When they say the show must go on, they really mean it. The show must go on regardless of what's going on. So I think that's just another example of the kind of resilience that they show constantly of, you know what, no matter what happens, we're going to make it work. We're going to figure it out. And there will be a show come hell or high water. Uh, thanks so much for sharing all this with us. Is there anything else you want to share with um, listeners about the show, the tour? Really, this tour is a celebration of all things beautiful, right? There, when you think about, you know, what's what's beautiful and spectacular, you think of classical music, you think of the ballet, you think of that kind of resplendent night at the opera. And then on the other hand, what is more ugly and destructive than war and invasion? And so what we're doing here is really trying to use this something so beautiful and so pure and so wonderful to fight something so ugly and destructive. And I think when Canadian audiences across the country see what this is, they'll understand the magnitude of what's going on and they'll want to be part of this. Thank you, David, for joining us. Thank you for chatting with us. Thank you for sharing about the tour and the ballet and the work that Humanite is doing. Um, we hope that anyone listening... Uh, that you go to see it in your city if it's still coming to you. And if not, just follow what the ballet is doing. Follow some of these dancers. And continue, um, keep your eyes out for other, whether it's Ukrainian 
uh, musicians coming to town or other dancers like this um, and we can all support in the way that we can no matter where we are just live or